Can Chile do the same and win their first Copa America? What a mind to win it! And Chile is champion! Welcome to the Chilean Football Show on the Red One TV. And welcome to episode 10 of the Chilean Football Show in partnership with Chile Today News. I'm your host, Thomas Neff, and my co-host, Matthias Gress, joining me from London, England. Special number 10. Um, we have a special guest today joining us is Juan Cordoba. Juan is, is born and raised in Chile. Uh, he's a player for Huachipato in Primera División as a right back. Um, has played uh, for Unión San Felipe, uh, where he developed... And he currently was called up uh, for the Chilean youth team. But internationally, he represents Canada. Juan is joining me from Concepcion, Chile. Juan, how are you? Hi, how are you, Thomas? It's uh, it's great to to finally hear you. Uh, it's been a long time since, since we last spoke. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess tell me a little bit about... Everyone knows that Primera División is back. Sifup and NFP met. After lengthy discussions about potentially the the tournament being cancelled, um, they finally came to an agreement. Um, just tell me about what was that process like for you as the players? You know, waiting um, to be to be back. Yes, Thomas, and say hi to your co-host Matias. And <laughs> to, to, hi. To, uh, <laughs> hi. To answer your question, uh, yes, it's it's, uh, it's been a, a hard times here in Chile. We are we are with the with the COVID nineteen. We we had a, a lot of cases. Uh, even we had the the a lot of, of vacuums to the people, but uh, the the cases are, are raising uh, every day. A lot of cities are locked down. So for the soccer is is are it, um, there is there is hard times because the the NFP. They are worried about the, the situation of the of the country because we as a football player we have we we constantly uh, travel to, to play you know and in that in that travels we 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 are in contact with other people who travel too so so the situation is delicate and and we have to extremely the 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 cares and but now we are we are playing. And the last week, uh, the NFP was was worried because uh, there's uh, some rumors about the the tournament could be stopped for for a few a few months. But fortunately, uh, we are playing. So just uh, now we are we're playing, and I hope we we still playing for the for all the year. And I wanted to to know how different this experience has been for you as a professional footballer playing during COVID? I mean, with all the different safety measures and precautions that you have uh, at training or on the way to games um, during matches, um, how difficult has it been uh, for you individually and for the team to adapt to that? So so it's, it's hard because... Uh... We we were uh, uh, before the the this COVID appear. We we train different. We share the the same uh, changing rooms. 
we we share in the in the hotel we we dinner together we lunch together and even we, we travel uh, as normal you know but now uh, all the all the situation the the pre games uh, are different we we have to 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 eat alone on the room uh, everyone has one room uh, before the this we we share the rooms but now we we sleep uh, alone we eat alone we 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 are using all the day the, the mask so so it's it's very hard to uh, and the the most uh, the most uh, uh, bad how <laughs> uh, can I say uh, the the worst part of this is we we play without people you know we as a football player we always uh, is a is is so uh, exciting and we love to play with people but now the the empty stadiums uh, is a little bit different uh, we have to to adapt to the the new the new world the new situation and 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 we have to 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 care everyone. Juan, I'm sure it must be difficult uh, psychologically, mentally, as a player having to go through all of this. Um, I want to ask you about your goals uh, for the season. Um, last last year, Huachipato finished eighth. Uh, they qualified uh, to the Copa Sudamericana, and they finished uh, top half of the table in Primera División. Um, in your career, you have you had the most amount of minutes uh, capped at 1,244. Uh, what are your goals for this 2021 season? Oh, uh, my goal is to to be back on the on the national team. Uh, I want to be on the team again. Uh, the last season was very uh, difficult for me. I had uh, many troubles with the with my last coach, and he he put me out of the team. Uh, now we I am training hard to be back on the on the field. Uh, I play uh, just the last uh, few days ago. I play and play very well, and and now I I am. I hope tomorrow I I'll be on the start eleven. But now my goal is play a lot of matches with Huachipato, uh, qualify to the the group phases of the Sudamericana, and first um, and my 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 last goal uh, will be. On the on the national team again, and you've been playing for for some time now in in the top division in Chile. Is this the most comfortable you ever felt playing at this level? Is this the most um, com- confident that you feel in in your ability to be able to develop and, and help the team? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I am I am in a in a in a good shape. Um, I have a lot of confidence of, of myself, of my of my abilities. Uh, I have to to do a, a great year because I, I want to go to another country. I, I want to play in another league. I would like to play on Europe or or MLS. So to be there, I have to 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 make a, a great a great a year. Uh, play constantly and in a great level because the uh, the other leagues uh, are better than the Chilean league the, the Chilean league is a very good league but uh, everyone knows that the Europe and the other country has uh, better players better better teams so for me 
uh, I would like to 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 get there. Um, if I want to be there, I have to work hard, play play good all the matches, and constantly. Is there one European team or league, maybe in particular, that you you know would perhaps dream to play for? Yeah, for sure. I, I would like to play in the Premier League. Because I I like the league I, I like the the rhythm of the matches I like the the quality of the players and the, the stadiums the 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 coaches the, the there are many uh, top top players playing in that league uh, for me it will be a my my big dream playing I don't know in, in I don't I so in I would like to play in the Premier League in. Doesn't mm. matter the team because all the team in the Premier League mm. are are good. Even the the Premiership on on the on the on the England league, the Premier League are are very good. So for me to play there will be my 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 dream. And Juan, you mentioned it before um, just now. Your aspirations to play um, abroad. Um, Huachipato has developed uh, various players such as uh, Jefferson Soteldo, Jose Bisama. Uh, as such, uh, to just name a couple of examples, um, how is the talent environment at your club? No, it's, uh, we have a uh, very good uh, players. We are the the youngest team of, of the league. Uh, that's the 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 business model of Huachipato. They want to young players, uh, talented, and they want to sell players. So here, uh, here is, is a very good uh, team to to show you to to show players. Um, for me, I am very happy to be here because it's a club who who let you show your your so to your your abilities, and if you if, if you do well, they can sell you. So for me, it's a it's a a very very good club to 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 play. What what is it? Do you think? particularly about Huachipato that is so good for uh, developing young talent. Could you give a bit of insight into, you know, the support that you get as a player and as a person behind the scenes at the club when, you know, when you're when you're coming up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because Huachipato has a great staff they, of, of people who worked uh, behind the scenes, as you said, uh, they they prepare a program for young young players. We have a nutritionist, a psychologist, a, a person who is in charge of the gym to to help you to grow up your your physique because now the the football is very physic physical, mm-hmm. and you have to be strong to to play with other players. Even even I am I am not too tall, so I have to to work hard mm-hmm. to to equal the. The, the physical uh, differences. So Wachipato has a, a lot of of people who help you to to develop and 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 you and you have everything everything here. You think, uh, you have for um, nutrition, psychology. I say before, and all the other people help you to to grow up and and develop as a football player. Um, now on on Sunday. At the time of recording, uh, you started and played the full 90 minutes uh, versus Lau at the Estadio Nacional. Um, every time you you match up against the big three, whether it's Lau, Católica, Colo Colo, um, what kind of sensations do you get, and and do you feel like you're out there to to show yourself? Yeah, yeah. 
So as a as a football as a football player, everyone wants to play on that club. So that is my principal motivation. Because if you play well against them, you can uh, one day may, maybe they they want you, they bow you, or you know uh, everyone on on the world are watching that club because um, the the principal players uh, raised in that in that club. So. It's for the other teams. It's an opportunity to play against them because you 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 know there are many eyes watching that games, and you can you can you can change your life. You know you maybe there are a scouting uh, watching that game to to want a, a Universidad de Chile player. But if you play well, maybe they they get you and and you you never know. Last season was the uh, second in a row that the the Chilean league had been uh, postponed. Obviously, the first time around it was the the social movement, and mm-hmm. last last season it was COVID. How do you think that? I mean, everybody was impacted by that in the country, but how do you think that affected you know you developing as a, as a footballer and also the ability for for your team to to gel together and play together? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we passed through uh, for two big moments. Uh, first, you, you said the the social movement was very uh, very intense in Chile. We we can't play because the the people uh, they was protesting on the street and and for many 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 requirements. And after that. Uh, it comes the 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 COVID nineteen, so uh, it's been one year one one year and a half, uh, very hard for for the Chilean league, for my my team, for my teammate because we we even when we start to play, uh, we have to stop for a protest, and then we 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 think the 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 the, the social moment was over. Uh, the COVID-19 arrived, so it was very, very strange, uh, and th- that affects uh, as a football and as a team because w- we can't play constantly, and we we have to lock down for three, four months here uh, without playing, just training for Zoom, and that's it's it's hard for 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 us because the the football career is short. And we lost uh, one year. So, but uh, there are situations who who uh, who can we can uh, uh, how say uh, we can control. So we, we have to adapt to the to the world now the the situation and 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 that that's it. Now, Huachipato um, beat the Puerto Santo Fagasta 1-0 in the, in the first leg of the Copa Sudamericana qualifying stages. Um, tomorrow, Tuesday, you're playing the return leg uh, at home in Talcahuano. Um, how are you and the team preparing for that match and as well as the hopes of um, advancing and, and qualifying for the group stages of the Sudamericana? Oh, yeah. Yes, it's a big opportunity for us, the, the tomorrow match. Uh, we play at home. We, we we had the advantage of, of one goal, but uh, this is our opportunity to to pass the the first leg and qualify to the group phase. is 
for us as a team is the we have to to qualify because the they gonna let us play six matches international matches and for for everyone here for for my teammates and for me it's very important to play that matches because uh, there are many eyes watching the Copa Sudamericana and for Huachipato and for us it's, it's important to to play that that phase to 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 um, to show the, the players and and can can go to another league You've been a professional footballer for for a few years now. When you go into big games like this, do do you how do you feel? Do you feel nerves still, or is it is it is it just excitement about about what the end result could be? Um, yeah, the the international matches are are different than the 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 normal matches or, or when you play uh, the matches on your league because the the international matches. Uh, as another condiment, uh, another uh, the, the the environment is different. Mm-hmm. But now it's strange because we we play against Santa Fagata is for 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 uh, for the same league. But uh, the international matches are as important as, as I said before, and we are we're prepared and we are exciting to to play tomorrow and. I'm great. Uh, um, uh, I made a, a great performance. Uh, now, Juan, um, you get to play. You get to play with and against uh, some very young players. Um, what do you think about the the recambio, the the generational uh, switch that the Chilean national team is is looking at? Because obviously, the the, the generational talents uh, like Claudio Bravo, Mario Isla, Gary Medel, um, Arturo Vidal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, Alexis Sanchez and so on. Um, post 2022 in Qatar, um, there's there's gonna be this big impact of of players. Now that you play um, with and against a lot of them in Primera División, what do you think about that? Um, does Chile have um, the talent to replace them, but maybe not to maybe not to that extent? Um, or what sort of um, insight can you give us? Uh, yes, that's uh, that is the 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 worry of of all uh, people here in Chile. The, the journalists, the everyone was worried about the the new generation, you know. But I always say Chile has a great players, great young players. Maybe they, they are they are not playing uh, as a, a, a great teams, but uh, I think the the generational change, of course. Uh, uh, when that has to, to occur, uh, you can watch the mm. the the gener- generational change. You know, you, you can to let the young players play, uh, let them uh, get uh, matches, uh, get minutes, and that uh, will be occur on on natural way. You know, but Chile uh, has a, a great players playing outside. Maybe there are not too much as uh, years before, uh, as Alexis Sanchez, Mauricio Illa, uh, Vidal, but uh, that will be it's, it's it's time to 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 get that and and now the the world and the situation is difficult to to get and go to to Europe. Um, what are some players for you uh, having played? 
uh, against that you uh, say to yourself and and you and you would say to us that um, this is a player to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, Sakaris Lopez from La Serena, Thomas Alarcón from O'Higgins, um, Palacios, who was just sold to Inter de Porto Alegre. Um, what are some players that you've played against with in the last couple of years in Primera División with Huachipato that you that you think to yourself, um, wow, you know, th- I played against this player and and this 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 uh, player has a lot of talent. What, what are some of those players? Uh, I can uh, add uh, Ignacio Savera for Universidad Católica. He's a great player, uh, number six. Uh, you have Marcelino Núñez. He's a, a great young player. Uh, you get uh, Tomás Alarcón, as you said. Uh, you had uh, even my, my teammate Nicolás Ramírez is a, is a great uh, center back. Uh, you have um, Francisco Sierra Alta. He's playing on 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 the Premier Team on England. He's a great player too, a young a young player. You have uh, uh, Luis Rojas. He's playing on the on the on the Italian league in first division in Crotone. Uh, he's a, a very good player too to keep on eye. Uh, that's that, that are the players who, who are who they uh, make a difference here, you know. And and they are uh, great players. You're obviously part of the the new generation, the young generation of of, of Chilean players. Were there any players that you looked up to in particular? They don't have to be just Chilean players, anyone, um, who you idolized growing up and, and maybe, you know, modeled your, your game on? Well, for, from young players? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I love watch football, but, but now I, I like the, the, the old player, you know? Mm-hmm. I I like Dani Alves. I like the the great players because they they has the experience. They chose things you you can't see on a young player because that gets the experience. They, they play a lot of matches, and they I think if you ask every every young player who is his idol, they always choose the the old players because they they mm-hmm. has the, the experience. They has the the matches, the international matches, they win a lot of titles, and and you see things you, you can't see in a young player. So for me, the the old players, uh, as a Dani Alves, uh, maybe Messi, Cristiano, uh, Rafinha, I don't know the the, the weak players. They they are playing in a big club. Marcelo, I like that players. Now um. For you, you you were called up to a a Chilean national team camp uh, in your youth days, um, and you also debuted for Canada um, at the senior level. Uh, what are the biggest differences um, for both federations? Oh, well, the big difference are, I think, the, the players. Because when I when I been called up for the national team of Chile. Uh, I was training with Alexis Sanchez, the the big big players in in that in that in that times, you know, uh, say five five six years uh, ago. And then when I when I come for from the national team of Canada, uh, Canada was was just start the 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 change of of a new generation. You know, I play with with Alfonso Neve when he was sixteen and. So 
that's the big difference. The the ages of the players. Now Chile has old players. Uh, you 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 asked me before the the new generation. Chile was worried about that, but is that is is that uh, Canada uh, has a, a great advantage, you know, because we we as a as a national team we have very very great young players. A different of Chile, you can you can name. Uh, Liam Millar, he's on loan from Liverpool, Alfonso Davies, uh, Clyde Larin, he's playing in Besiktas, and we have a lot of young, play, young players. And Chile, maybe they, they don't have that advantage, but they they have the experience. <laughs> Funnily enough, Liam Miller actually plays for the club that I support. I support Charlton Athletic. So I've, uh, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Liam, Liam Miller recently. Yeah, um, Liam is, is my great friend. I always speak oh, with, nice. with him, and he he's playing there. It's a he's a very good player. Mm, he's been doing well. We're yeah. uh, you know maybe hopeful he can stay a bit longer than just alone for the end of the season. Um, and we all of all of us on this podcast um, have love for two different countries. So you know we're both half Gringo, half half Chilean, um, and it's. It can be sometimes, you know, difficult to say if somebody says, do you feel like you're half Chilean or half Canadian? You know, you could feel maybe 100% of both. Um, how has how has your dual nationality um, kind of affected your career? And, you know, is there a country you maybe feel closer to than the other? Yeah, yes, it's, it's difficult to, to say that I'm a half and a half, mm. but uh, I'm born and raised in Chile. And for sure, uh, my my all my my mother family lives here. Uh, I don't have too too many opportunities to travel to Canada. I, I for so, but I I love Canada too because they they my my dad family lives there. Uh, Canada gives to to my dad and his family the opportunity to work to 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 live there so I'm very grateful with Canada and I can say I'm uh, I am 50 and 50 from from the both country I, I can't choose one and yeah. over the other because they, they give me a different opportunity on the live Canada give me the opportunity to play for the national team uh, to get my 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 grandparents at home and Chile give me my my mother's uh, family home too, so it's a it's a cheer it's a cheer love. You mentioned your desire your uh, desire to be back in the Canadian national team uh, fold. Um, have there been any conversations uh, with uh, John Herdeman as as what it is you need to do um, to be back uh, with Canada? Uh, I don't um, speak with, with uh, John. But uh, I know if I play, I will be back on the team because the, this that is the, the the principal requirement. He 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 uh, he, um, he wants on the on the player, you know, to be uh, on on uh, whatever. As a, um, if you want to be on the national team, doesn't matter the country, you have to be playing. Because the, you have to be a, you have to you have to have a, a rhythm, uh, a lot of minutes, uh, and that uh, will be led you 
uh, go or be on on a national team. So I know if I, if I play, I will be back on the national team. I guess to finish off, Juan, um, do you have any stories, uh, anecdotes, uh, as a footballer uh, playing in Chile? Oh, anecdotes. Um, oh. uh, what, what can I say? What can I tell you? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't remember one especially, but what can be? Um, no, I don't have no. I don't have a, a big anecdote uh, playing. Maybe your professional debut. Ah, yeah, yeah, my, my professional debut it could be a great, I know, for sure, uh, my, my debut for the national team of Canada, too, was, uh, was one of my, uh, my great memories. And, and when, when I, I play for, when I trained uh, on my first time with the, the Chilean national team with, when I was uh, 19 years old, and uh, I'm sure uh, feel with Vidal uh, as a sparring. That's a very big uh, memory and an achievement for me. Yeah, what was what were they like uh, to you? What was Alexis and and Vidal like um, to spar with when you were there? Did they, you know, give you? Did they speak to you? Give you some support and and uh, some confidence that you could, you know, go on to one day uh, be in their position? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They 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 are very very great people. Uh, mm -hmm. They always support us as a young players because we are a group of sparring. Uh, uh, we 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 feel that that confident because uh, you you see them for TV and then and and, and, a, and a few days before, uh, after you are changing uh, chart the, the field with them is a as a, as a child as a as a kid you you are very excited you know you they are idols for everyone here and and more if if you chart the, the field with with them and. And that uh, give me motivation to to be in that position. Uh, I am now I get the position because I I play for Canada, so 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 that that helped me a lot to 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 compare my level with, with their, their levels and uh, how how much I have to work to to get that level. So for me, it was a great experience. And, and I also be grateful with the with the Chilean Association to give me that that opportunity to to train with them and and learn a lot, learn a lot. That's the more important because I I I train with Jorge Sampaoli, a great coach too. So I learn a lot of 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 he, of, of Jorge and and with the with the great players. Juan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we really appreciate it, and and we'll we'll be following your 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 season. So thank you, thank you because uh, I'm sorry about my English. <laughs> no, 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 it's a great. lot here, but uh, I do, I did my my best. I did my best. <laughs> Good luck for the game on on Tuesday. Oh, thank you, thank you. And now we're gonna move on to talk about the Chilean women's football team, um, who is playing in a two-leg affair against Cameroon uh, this Saturday, April 10th at 11 a.m. local time in Chile and on Tuesday, April 13th, 12 p.m. local time. Uh, Matias, both games happening in Turkey, in Antalya. 
um, one of the things um, the the squad was dropped uh, shortly a couple days after we recorded. Um, let's go through the names. And goalkeeper, we have Christian Endler, Natalia Campos, and Ryan Torero. Defense, Cala uh, Guerrero, Camila Saez, Fernanda Ramirez, Javier Toro, Fernanda Pinilla, Valentia Diaz, and Nicole Gutierrez. Um, just looking at the defense and the goalkeepers, who do you expect to to start in these games, and and what can we expect? Any surprises? I mean, just to kick off by saying what a, a huge relief it was to see Christian Endler touch down in, in Turkey and join up with the national team. Um, you hadn't mentioned her yet, but but Francisca Lara as well, coming from the French League, both of those players earlier in the week were questionable to, to join up given the changing rules around COVID travel restrictions in France. Um, obviously, without a doubt, Christian Endler is by some distance our best player our, our most important player um so it's brilliant to see her uh, back in back in the back in the squad given we thought she might miss out um then at the back not too many surprises perhaps the admission admission of uh, Suhelen Galaz who recently came off a, a, a good um Copa Libertadores performance with uh, Santiago Morning, obviously being one of two Chilean teams to reach the quarterfinals, the first time that ever happened. Um, but you know we have uh, we have experience. You know a lot of these players that you that you mentioned were together um, at the World Cup in France in 2019, um, and that's the most important thing. I think this this group of players now, while there are some that come and go, a decent core of them um, have now been playing together for several years, which I think is is crucial now especially given that they they haven't played a game together since November um i mean many of them would have would have barely seen each other in person since then so i think that continuity um knowing each other having played together trained together for years i think that comes in that will come in really handy now um as we build up to these games and it's interesting because um if this game had been played uh, either in Cameroon or in Chile, in a normal non-COVID uh, world, that would have been the case. But obviously, because of COVID, these games are played in a neutral venue. Um, because of the games are played in Turkey, uh, and Turkey is part of the Schengen zone, um, the French Federation allow Christian Endler to travel. Um, at the goalkeeper position, even if Endler, of course, and having Endler there is, is massive, but Natalia Campos and Ryan Torero came uh, had a great tournament at the Cobre Artadores, uh, mostly. Um, I'm excited to see Javier Adoro. Um, she's the lone defender there uh, with um, current European experience. I know there's been a couple players that have since come back to the motherland uh, after experience, uh, particularly in Spain. Um, you mentioned there, Javier Adoro, you think it will be critical for her to not only lead the back line, but also act as, as a young captain as she is um, only less than 25 years old? Yeah, I think, you know, playing in, in Europe uh, for these players and, and for their development has been huge and has been part of the reason why Chile, this Chilean national team has had so much success in recent years. Um, you know, coming second in the Copa America, played on home soil, uh, coming within a, a crossbars width at the at the World Cup in 2019 from qualifying for the knockout stages, uh, winning that tournament, beating Brazil on penalties. 
um, in Brazil, um, you know, that experience that they've had and, and for their development has been crucial. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the likes of uh, Francisca Lada, who, who applies her trade in France, is without doubt one of our most technically gifted players. And it's, you know, no surprise that she's flourished uh, playing in Europe. Um, and anyone with that experience, I think, coming in is is only a benefit for us. Francisca Lara is uh, the top scorer of the Chilean women's national team with 21 goals, um, a total of 59 caps. Um, if Chile are to get anything out of this result and qualify to to the Olympics to make history, um, you're going to need her to mm-hmm. to be very productive. Um, as far as as far as she goes, um, as a midfielder, you think you think there's a lot weighs on her shoulders. Personally, I do. I mean, her and Daniela Samora, the the forward, are among my two, among probably my two favourite players to watch playing for this national team. So technically gifted, um, can create chances, can can take chances. I think that's going to be important. I think these two games against Cameroon are going to be particularly tight. I mentioned on the last the last podcast that. I think if I if I go with my head over my heart, I would say we are slight underdogs, not massive underdogs. But I think it's going to be a, a tight affair, and, and those players, such as such as Samora and Lada, they have the technical gifts to create chances out of nothing, and to maybe create chances in a game that might be nervy, that might be tense. Um, and I mentioned to Francisca Mardones, who. Our, our guest Alex Ibaceta last week played with at Santiago Morning and, and said was perhaps the best player she'd ever played with. So another one to keep an eye on as a, a potential game changer for us over these uh, over these two legs. Shortly, actually, after the Copa Libertadores Femenina, um, Daniela Zamora uh, had signed a new contract over in Europe, uh, in Sweden, and, and she's scoring in Sweden. Uh, Sweden being one of the strongest uh, women's leagues in the world. Um her and Edo, who plays in uh, Rayo Vallecano, um, do you expect them to be not only the starting uh, players for this team, but but also um, for them to play uh, both matches? I imagine they would. Maybe Maria Jose Urrutia would start too. She's obviously been playing well. Uh, I think those players with that, like I said, that quality and that experience is going to be crucial. Uh, Samora, you know, well deserving of her move to to the Swedish league. She'd been one of the best players, not only for the national team, but in the domestic league as well for some time now. Um, and it's kind of, I think she symbolises kind of everything that, that's good about this national team, you know. Um, a player that is perhaps performing far, far above the, the standard that this national team has, has been allowed to by the federation i mean you only have to go back as recently as as 2016 this national team was so badly looked after by the federation they weren't having matches they weren't training that they that they no longer had a fifa ranking they dropped out of the fifa rankings completely and were listed as inactive and just for some context in 2016 that's when the men's national team was winning their second consecutive copa america so if you hold those two up next to each other the the contrast is stark and, you know, in the space of just five years, this national team has has fought back um, and has certainly performed, I mean, you could argue, far above the level that they, they should have done, given the limited resources they've been provided for many years of their development together. 
And, you know, we often refer to the men's team, rightly so, as, as the golden generation of Chilean football. But I think, you know, it, it's only fair that we would refer to, to this group of players the same way. I mean, you know, like we mentioned before, the first time in history they've ever qualified the country to a, a World Cup when they qualified for, for France in 2019. And now the opportunity to make history again and, and, and reach a, a first ever Olympics. Um, so I think, you know, her development kind of encapsulates, um, you know, everything that is is good and, and positive about this national team. And, and you know, we're, we're going to need her and we're going to need all of those players with, with European experience now and, and also experience here in the recent Libertadores playing in big games um, if we're to, you know, get over the line and, and reach the Olympics. Uh, you mentioned it there. This would be the first time uh, that Chile would qualify to, to the Olympics if they do make it to Tokyo. Um, Brazil being the only other South American country uh, currently qualified to the Olympics on the women's side. Um, isn't it amazing how Chile um, are the second best uh, women's national team in South America, considering historically um, how Argentina and, and even Uruguay have done in the men's side, but it hasn't translated uh, to the women's? I mean, I think essentially it's all down to the federations themselves and how seriously they take women's football. Um, and we've seen, fortunately, although that obviously hasn't always been the case, as I previously mentioned, that because Chile, because we hosted the the Copa America, which, and we're that, which acted as a qualifying tournament for the World Cup, that really kicked them into gear. Um, and obviously we have the Libertadores coming next year, sorry, later this year as well. So that quality and the development of these players is entirely dependent on whether or not these federations think that investing in women's football is something that is worthwhile. Um, and fortunately for, for us, for Chile, um, we seem to be trending in the right direction in that regard. So that, that like I mentioned in, in my last answer, that penalty shootout win over Brazil um, in Brazil to lift what was essentially a friendly trophy um, is a great sign for things going forward. And obviously Brazil, I think, have won all but one of the Copa Americas in, in Chile, uh, in South America, sorry. But Chile really has an opportunity if the NFP decides to continue taking this seriously. I mean, why not continue this development? And why not, you know, someday in potentially the near to medium future, medium term future, you know, begin to actually challenge them for titles? Considering this is a very strong squad, um, there are some omissions. Uh, Maria Jose Rojas and Su Helen Galas, um, as well as others. Um, is this a point of concern, Matias? I mean, they're two names that we've been used to seeing in the national team. Um, Rojas perhaps more on and off than Helen Galas. Um, you know, I think going forward... Uh, Rojas in particular is going to be a big miss. I mean, those matches, that match in the third group game in particular against Thailand, uh, when Chile needed one final goal going into the last 10 or 15 minutes, she came off the bench and just changed the game. Uh, she has uh, technical ability, quality, um, speed, you know, agility that not many players in, in the squad possess. Uh, and, you know, if you need a goal, she's someone that, you know, I would like to see on the ball. Um, that's obviously not going to happen. That's not going to be the case. Um, another favourite player of mine that I think, I mean, over these two legs that I said, you know, I expect to be close affairs. She'd be exactly the kind of player 
that you'd want. I mean, if it, even if you didn't start her, somebody that you want coming off the bench for the last 15, 20 minutes to try and win you the game. Now, this is a more so or less a tight niche group. Um, but there have been uh, maybe some issues uh, off off field. Uh, and that is part of the reason why Maria Jose Roques uh, isn't in the squad. Uh, due to the... Um, I guess the distress that has been going on with the coach Jose Leitelier. Um, what can we make uh, of what? Is there anything that we can make of, uh, if anything at all? I think this, these two fixtures, um, I think are going to be crucial for his future in charge of this national team. Uh, the the World Cup. It was it, it was a difficult one to analyze because on one hand it was obviously a, a historic moment and the, and the team did perform really well given where they had been in in the years previously but a lot of people felt there was really was a missed opportunity to qualify for the next stage for the knockout stages um and i think it's obviously you have, have all of these circumstances in in the last year covid in particular that has really hampered national teams and their development and the way this team can evolve together and gel for these games. But I think, you know, if these two matches, these two matches are huge for him, I think, and the projection of this national team, I think, you know, if if we have two good performances um, and, and qualify, that could perhaps put any sort of questions to bed. Um, but if not, and I'm not, not, not necessarily if we lose, but if the manner of defeat perhaps uh, isn't what we were expecting, then, you know, I think going forward, if the Chilean national team were to, the women's national team were to were to want to continue developing and in, in, in trending in the same direction they have, then maybe they would have to start looking in a, in a different direction. Now, you said there before, um, Chile are underdogs. Um, why is that? Um, and you think, and, and I guess, what are the biggest threats of Cameroon? I mean, they have... Um, they have a player playing for Atletico Madrid, uh, Stel Johnson right now in the NWSL, and, and three different players um, in the French league, one of the strongest leagues in the world. Yeah, I think the the players with European experience, um, I think the players with World Cup experience, um, which they certainly have more of at the highest level than than Chile do, um, and I think the 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 style the styles of play match up really well. Chile can tend to be they don't have that much speed to their play. They they can be a bit a bit ponderous and, and passing the ball around. Um, Cameroon can be quite the opposite. Um, so if they catch them cold and they catch them not on their toes in, in the early stages, I think that could really hurt them. But I think more than anything, that experience at the highest level, which which they have and, and Chile, you know, as much as 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 well as they have performed um in recent years. Um, perhaps not quite up to that same consistent level over over re in recent times, um, but like I said, I don't expect it to be a walkover for either team. I expect it to be close. Um, and me saying Chile are underdogs by no means by no means counting them out. Um, I think they have a, a very good chance of winning, but I just think the the odds are in in Cameroon's favour um, just slightly. Now, if you were, I know it's difficult, but if you were to give a prediction uh, for this match, um, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, it's so difficult. I think it would have to be, if I was to say over the two legs, a 3-2 to 
aggregate score for Chile, I'd have to go for. What about you? Yeah, I think it's going to be close. Maybe, uh, I think the first game is going to be maybe 1-1. And then I think I could see it happening in the second game um, because it's all uh, do or die. Um, I could see the second game, one team really going ahead to one to nothing. Again, to me, it's going to matter mental exhaustion and Mm. physical exhaustion because the flight to Turkey, I mean, the thing is, good thing that the NFP um, booked those flights early and and we've seen from from, uh, La Roja social media accounts that the Chilean women's team has been training uh, for the past for the better half of the better past of the week uh, in Antalya, um, but really I think it's going to come down to to match fitness. Um, really, um, it's good thing as as we had Alex on last episode uh, saying that uh, the vast majority of the squad being from from uh, Santiago Morning and Lau um, that they just played a big tournament in the Libertadores mm-hmm. Fem. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to matter to match fitness for sure and and the mental aspect of it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the amount of testing that was happening there. Um, let's not forget the last time uh, Chile played against Zambia, uh, players uh, were tested positive and had to cancel the game. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if the amount of testing um, at these games is is lengthy, just considering how it's the Olympic uh, Olympic committee that is really it's still FIFA but you know it's Olympic committee now taking oversee of it all either way it's going to be a not going to be a pleasant experience it's going to be a nerve-wracking experience mm-hmm. definitely going to be watching uh, nervous for sure but like I say like if it happens um, the amount of possibilities are endless uh, for the country although I, I'll be honest with you I'd definitely like to see uh, more players uh, shipped out to Europe. I was surprised why so many players came back after the World Cup, uh, particularly from Spain. Uh, that they, they came back to Chile. I don't know if it was a money thing, a family thing, a personal thing. I don't know what it was, but um, I think in order to be at the top level, you're going to have to need as many players abroad in uh, in the first divisions of France, England, Spain, um, because that's where the the talent is. And now moving on to our third and final segment. Uh, it was Martin Lasarte's debut as national team head coach against Bolivia. Chile winning uh, 2-1 in a friendly being played at Estadio El Teniente in Rancagua, the home of Chilean club O'Higgins. Um, lots to discuss, uh, various conclusions. Um, I'm sure you have yours, I have mine. Um, positives uh, as as much as to look at, um, but let's 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 dive into this, uh, shall we? Uh, it was Claudio Bravo's return to the national team um, to, uh, due to match fitness. Um, he comes back to Real Betis uh, to to Manuel Pellegrini's side. Um, so Sam Vegas, uh, considering all the players uh, that weren't allowed to travel, Gary Medel obviously making his his, his return as well. Um, how did you feel about, um, besides the one goal being allowed uh, in, how did you feel about the, the first goal being, that um, that allowed them? And if anything was maybe on the rustiness of uh, Claudio Bravo and the unfamiliarity of uh, Sebastián Vegas and Garimar? It's a difficult one to analyse, really. I mean, 
it is only a a one-off friendly game and and like you mentioned in the previous episode it is you know a combination of maybe an a team and a b team um you know maybe a couple of c team players that wouldn't necessarily be in with a shout usually given that it was a lot of domestic based players called up um you know chile the goal they conceded chile have always been and will always be you know unless this um taller generation of center backs you know really cement their place they've always been susceptible at, at set pieces um given given the their their lack of height um but overall i mean i was really pleased with what i saw um you know don't want to <laughs> go too overboard too quickly but i really you know under my main quibble under rueda was there was no there was no real identity there was nothing you could really point to on the pitch as as what i could what i could see as his philosophy but I think under Lasarte, immediately, you could see that there was not not all the way back, but a slight turning back of the clock to more of the high-paced, high-pressing of previous managers, obviously Bielsa San Paoli, that, that have brought this national team so much success. Um, you know, I think he probably knows that the likes of Alexis Sanchez, uh, Vidal, Vargas, you know, perhaps don't have the legs to 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 play at that intensity they used to for 90 minutes but you know he knows that in the in the likes of Thomas Alarcón in Galdames who you know we both thought they both had great games um a, a great game you know they they have young players with with legs and with energy um so you know for me it was it was promising to see that and it was kind of you know for a while after I for a while I'd been kind of dreading watching Chile play I didn't think they they went from being one of the most fun teams in the world to to me not really enjoying them play and and I sort of got a bit more of that enjoyment back last time um and I think you know if he can strike that balance between the previous generation and and maybe slowing the tempo down slightly um I think he could potentially be on to be on to something good and first call up uh, first cap uh, for Eric Wimberg and uh, Daniel Gonzalez mm. uh, too um, Weinberg obviously being 27 years old and in the case for Gonzalez only 19 um, for me the two brightest young spots or three I should say um, was Tomás Alarcón uh, mm-hmm. Pablo Galdames and Carlos Palacios I mean mm-hmm. as I said in last episode I rate him very highly um, Tomás Alarcón he's a very young uh, midfielder and not very many in, in the Primera División in his position. Um, Galdames, we've seen him being sort of a rotational player at Vélez. Um, so happy to see him, you know, finally being considered. Um, I guess Martín Lazarte decided to go for Galdames instead of Araos. Araos being left on the bench and not even coming on as a substitute. Um, but in the short time then that Carlos Palacio was was uh, came on as a substitute, um, he brought a lot, didn't he? I mean, I thought, uh, I thought he, he he was very technical. Um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but um, I would have liked to see him start this game. Obviously, that didn't happen uh, with uh, Meneses, Orellana, and Jimenez uh, being picked over him. But um, but very overall, very very promising signs. I mean, this is what I want to see, right? I mean, um, I'm pleased that Lasarte is taking this seriously. That he's um, trying out young players such as those three that I just mentioned. Um, for me, 
and we were talking about it actually extensively uh, before, but for me, it's all about a process. If you're going to really trust on a player, um, you're going to want to give him as many opportunities as possible and not give up on, on them because uh, they are our young generation. I mean, it's different if you bring in a player like Angel Enriquez, for example. You know, he's had countless opportunities uh, with the national team or Junior Fernandez, for example. Um, but this is the future of the of the La Roja. So um, definitely, I mean, at least from my end, I'm, I'm definitely looking uh, very up close. Yeah, and you never know. Maybe the the lack of European call-ups, um, you know, due to the COVID restrictions might have even helped um, La Sarte out given, you know, his for his selection going forward. I mean, if all of the first team players had been fit um, and able to make the journey, um, you know, it's likely that Galdames Alarcón, for example, they wouldn't have even made the starting lineup. You know, he might have got a few minutes at the end. Um, but, you know, the fact that they had to play, the fact that they had to be thrown in, I thought was was great. I mean, it's just the the occasion, just the rival. Bolivia always a fierce, fierce rival. Um, it was a perfect opportunity to do that, and I think they both handled themselves really well. And it's the exact performance that you want from those two players because we're, you know, the Chilean national team is entering a a crucial period. Um, where the short-term goal is, you know, we're desperate to qualify for the World Cup after missing the last one. But then you also have to have one eye on the future and the process of bringing through these players to replace the golden generation. Um, so I think that, for example, those two players shining in the absence of, of bigger names is, you know, can only benefit us going forward that La Sarte has perhaps, you know, found, it's only one game, but he's found two players that, that he likes and, and that he thinks he might be able to trust going forward into the qualifiers. Um, and I, I also completely agree with you. I'd have, I would have loved to have seen Palacios start that game. I think it was perfect for him. Um, I really do think he is the future of the national team, the, the national team's attack, obviously, in particular. Um, and I think the more experience we can get him in the starting 11 for Chile, the better. Um, and also just a shout out to... Uh, 36-year-old Luis Jimenez um, broke the record for the longest time between goals for the for the national team. The oldest player now to score for the national team. Um, you know, like a like a good Chilean wine, getting better with age. And if we're looking for that that player in the short term to get us to Qatar, then you know I think he he, he handled himself really well in that game and has definitely put himself forward as an option to potentially be the the striker in in the next few games. Now, considering the attacking options uh, that Chile has um, and considering how very few players have been able to uh, score uh, with the Chilean uh, shirt on, um, I guess it's fair to, that Luis Jimenez gets a chance considering he is 36 years old. Uh, hey, as long, as long as he is in form and he's banging in goals for the national team, uh, it's always welcome. But, you know, part of me has... There has its doubts. Um, obviously, we know that uh, Mauricio Isla was missing in this game. Uh, we know that um, Pulgar, Vidal, uh, Sanchez, Vargas, the big names, the big names. Um, but obviously, in June, uh, Chile has to play two more uh, qualifiers. Uh, and also, you have Copa America uh, in Argentina, in the case for Chile. 
Um, just how many of these players uh, on this roster do you really take with you? Because some of these are B players, some of these are C players, some of these are young, some of these are old. Um, some, of these, some of these guys are in their prime, 26, 27, 28 years old. Um, so just for me, for me, it's very important that we have continuity. Um, just because when we had Rueda, for me, I just thought he tried on 50 or 60 players over his one year and a half of friendlies. And I thought it was a lost period of time. Yes, you saw some players. He discovered, I think, maybe two or three players. But not to the amount, at least in my opinion, not to the amount that you would have liked. Um, how many of these players do you think we will see in June and Copa America, considering um, just the dynamic of this team, some being you know, in the prime, some being young, some being old, um, and whatnot? Oh, it's, uh, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, we are treading such a fine line, like I said, between trying to build for the future, but then also trying to make the most of the, the remaining days of this golden generation. Um, it would be such a shame given everything they've done for the country to see them fizzle out, you know, perhaps miss out on another world cup, perhaps have a disappointing cop America this time round. So I think for Lasarte in particular, there's a lot of pressure to win and to win soon. Um, and I think, and I think perhaps correctly that could be to the detriment of the development of some young players in the national team that perhaps if we weren't in such a desperate win now situation might have been afforded more time and more opportunity to develop. But I just think this, all those big players that you mentioned, there's still enough left in the tank. I think, you know, quality wise for them to give it, you know, one final good go, both in qualifying for for the World Cup in Qatar and also more importantly this upcoming Copa America which is you know let's face it realistically the last opportunity the last realistic opportunity they have of winning a title um, so I think you know the the names that we picked out mention again Alarcon um, and Galdames I think you know you'd be they're probably going to be in the squad on not necessarily a starting basis, basis, but certainly a rotational basis. And I thought, like you mentioned him, Eric Wimberg at left back, I thought had a, a really solid game. Um, you know, isn't a flashy player, um, isn't, you know, the most, you know, dynamic player, but he's a solid left back. And he's, he proved that he proved it in, in, in that game against Bolivia again. So, you know, that's a crucial position that we've been missing. So I think, you know, if if let's say a handful of players make it from this from this from this testing tester squad um and become part of La Sarte's, uh regular rotation i think we can only view that as a as a win really it's interesting because Wimberg actually made his primera división debut just in 2020 so he's like a late late uh, emerging uh player um Fabiano Arellana Everyone knows that you know he scored the the goal against Argentina in the in the 2010 World Cup qualifying cycle, and he'll be known as the historic El Historico. Mm -hmm. But his scoring record uh, is not very good. You know, 40 in 43 games, only two goals. Um, his club form is good and always has been. He has had he's had a very good, respectable career. Um, just how many chances are? are 
is Fabian Oriana going to get? Oh, I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? You don't want to be too harsh to a player who, like you said, has carved out a really good career for himself in, in Spain, in one of the best leagues in the world. You know, not many Chilean players ever really can say that. And it's just one of the most confusing, bizarre conundrums that, you know, this this generation of players have had. I mean, we've mentioned it before, the players that have, have played for smaller clubs at a lower level come and become superstars for the national team. And, and he kind of does the opposite. Um, you know, he's not the only one. Um, I know another name, Junior Fernandez. I know we've mentioned before, who has also had a good career in Europe and, and never managed to quite do it on the national team. Um, Angelo Enriquez, we mentioned as well, who showed a lot of promise early on and, you know, has, has found form again um, in the domestic league for Laul, but again, not managed to translate that ever onto the national team. Um, and it's, you know, it's funny, all three of those players, attacking players, um, a position we, we so desperately need at the moment, given how, how short we are on goals up front. Um, so it, it, it's difficult. You don't want to be too harsh, especially like you said, he wrote his name in, into Chilean history with that goal against Argentina. Um, but, you know, he is now in his mid-30s. I think he's had a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, for me, I think, thank you, you know, thank him for everything he's done, had a, uh, some given us some great memories, one in particular. But, um, you know, I think it would be probably time to move on from from that experiment. Now, there was two players uh, on the bench with a combined 150 caps uh, between them, uh, one of them being Jean Bossoyer and the other one being uh, Enzo Rocco, who was playing in, in Turkey. Um, the fact that this, is a, this was a friendly against Bolivia and they're both very experienced and they didn't play in a friendly, it tells me that uh, Rocco and Bossoyer are not considered for the future. I mean... I don't mind it at all because just because we have uh, Kusevich, we have um, uh, Paulo Diaz, Maripan, uh, Sierralta in center back position and in the in the left back position. I wouldn't mind to see uh, Eugenio Mena making a comeback. Um, and we already know that Sebastian Vega can play there. Uh, but you you sort of get an idea of the players that Lasarte will count on and, and won't count on. Um, I don't know if you want to comment a little bit about that. But I know you're not very big on the Mexican League, but Jan Meneses scored a goal. Uh, what did you think about his performance? And then maybe um, about Lasarte uh, not bringing on uh, Bossesur and, and Rocco, uh, who are both experienced players uh, that he might not be considering in the future. Yeah, I have to admit I was, I was impressed, um, especially, I mean, my expectations weren't high. Um, in his, you know, when I'd seen him play before for the national team, I don't think he'd really offered much at all in the way of um, an attacking threat or even much of a presence in the game, to be honest. Um, but I thought he was good. He was, he looked lively. Um, his movement was great. Um, finished, obviously, capping that off with a with a really smart finish. Um, so I think, you know, it's. It's an it's it's frustrating that that Anifipe didn't book two games for this international fixture. You know, some international teams had had multiple fixtures, and I think if he'd have even if he'd have had one more fixture, he really would have been able to have a much better chance to look at this group of players and then test out perhaps a, another starting eleven or another five or six players 
that he didn't have the opportunity to. Um, and on on Bocijor and, and and Rocco, I mean, I wouldn't look too much into it. Maybe if you're going to test players for the future then it's a friendly you do it in I think maybe if this game had been more meaningful then maybe he would have counted on the experience of Bosejo and, and, and Rocco to to start for him um, and I think for Bosejo in particular he's uh, I mean he's done everything there is to do with the national team was uh, referente for this for this golden generation and the two Cop America wins um, and you know he's in Chile anyway, I think he's a great person to have around um, the camp when you have the young players coming in. Rocco's a bit different coming from Europe. Um, I'm not sure how he would have felt all of that travelling and then to just to sit on the bench. Um, but, you know, if, if if he has aspirations to compete and, and, and appear in this upcoming Copa America or, you know, for the, for the qualifiers and then hopefully the World Cup then it's these opportunities at these training camps that you really need to take. Um, but I wouldn't look, I wouldn't look too much into those absences. I mean, it's not perhaps not too surprising that, that La Sarte opted to go for a few um, less experienced, less experienced players. We heard um, uh, Juan, Juan Cordova, who we just interviewed in the first segment, um, talk about uh, Ignacio Saavedra. He made his uh, debut for the senior team in the 80th minute. Uh, so did, uh, uh, Clemente Montes, uh, Pablo Barra, uh, all, merking, all making their first caps. Um, uh, what do you think about the, these three players? And 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 I guess um, is this just uh, a cap uh, of one of many, or did you see something there that you know really got your attention? Mm, as just to echo what what Juan said earlier, really, I mean Saavedra, I think is is a very promising player. Um, you know, can really get a dominant handle on that midfield can be can be creative um has a bit of that you know <laughs> as we saw in the super cup final with the headbutt not really what you want to see but he's got that fight he's got that he's got that garra that i think we need and sometimes we lack um the kind of player that you know won't back down when we go to these really tough games away in, in uruguay and, and colombia and, and bolivia you need those kind of players playing for you um, so, you know, I mean, like I said, again, frustrating to only come in in the last minute, you know, really not give him any chance at all to, to have an impact. Um, and that's where it would have been nice to have a, a second, a second game to really test out a few more players. But I think going forward, you know, he could potentially be one, especially if Catolica go on and dominate again in the league, um, and potentially even qualify from the group stage of the Libertadores. Um, and he stands out that that's a great, that's a great place to develop. That's a great place to show off your talents. So he could be, he could be another, uh, a potential find and a potential player that we could count on going forward. And obviously Marcelo Martins, uh, Bolivia's best player, uh, getting the goal uh, for the 18th minute. Um, well, before we wrap up the show, um, there is one big topic left to speak about, and that is um, Cesar Pinares. Um, he continues to get called up to the national team uh, consecutively. Um, I guess he's done all right with the with Chile. You know, he's really held up his front, and he's playing. He's playing uh, regularly with Gremio um, in the start of the 2021 season. The Brasileirao. He started all three games for Gremio. Uh, you know, a side that almost won the Brasileirao. 
um, uh, beating uh, Mauricio Islas Flamengo, um, and he's still in his prime, you know, in the in the, in the mid to late twenties. Um, could we really count him as our new number ten, or, or do you, do you want to keep looking? Yeah, I mean, it's strange, isn't it? He, you could argue that he's playing at for the what what you would maybe call the the second string, the backup, you know, that are trying to get in behind our our star midfielders. You would perhaps say, given his the level he's playing at, at his club and and how well he's playing, he would be among you know that the forefront of that group to to try and get in as that you know that B team, let's say. Um, but it's been really on and off for him in in the national team over the years. Um, I think you know when he's played. I don't think he's he's done too badly, um, but he's playing for perhaps one spot um, that that's available perhaps if one of the star players gets injured. So when you're coming in and out of the team so intermittently, and you're essentially relying on you know an injury or an absence to one of those star players to get in, then it's really hard to essentially come in and, and find any sort of rhythm and find your place and establish yourself in a team that has, you know, thrived on on continuity of its starting eleven really over the last few years. Um, so it's difficult. I mean, he's certainly a player I wouldn't stop calling up. I think he's a solid option. Um, again, has has a lot of that fight that, that I mentioned previously about Saavedra. Um, it's a tricky one. I mean, going forward, I think, you know, given we're not, as you mentioned earlier, it's not a position we're overly blessed with a lot of experienced experience talent in. Um, I think it's, it's certainly worth keeping him around and, and trying him in future games. Uh, yes, and, and not only um, uh, Vidal, Pulgar and Aranguis, and uh, mm-hmm. but also Fuenzalida, who was actually called up for this game um, because he had because he's a regular of the national team, um, but was injured, and, and that's why he wasn't able to play. Um, well, uh, that will do it uh, for the show. Uh, thank you all for listening on YouTube, Spotify, and now Apple Podcasts. Um, subscribe, follow, and uh, take care. Thank you all so much for listening.